Sandy Goldbeck Wood. I'm the editor of the Journal of Family Planning and Reproductive Healthcare, and I'm at the Institute of Psychosexual Medicine's annual scientific meeting in Bristol. I've just been talking to Michelle Donald, who is the psychosexual therapist at various spinal injury centres, including the National Spinal Injury Centre at Stoke Mandeville. Michelle, there was a lot of very positive response to your talk this morning, and I was wondering if we could just capture some of this uh, for listeners in sexual and reproductive health care. Um, maybe you could just start off by telling us how you got into psychosexual therapy. I was injured in 1996 from T12, so I'm paralysed from my waist down. Um, I received five months rehabilitation at Southport Centre. Um, amazing rehabilitation, but it really felt that a lot of people, especially 20 years ago, were talking about sexuality, and it really wasn't being addressed very well at the time. So that's what that's what took me into that area um, of work. I left the centre with an absolute that I wanted to become a psychosexual therapist. That's really interesting, and you did talk about the variability in services um, and that actually it's a really common need among people that have had spinal injuries. I wondered if you wanted to say a bit more about, uh, about what kind of things people need to be able to talk about. That's right. Mainly people want to talk about how they feel, what they feel now, how that's very different for them. How they feel that lot, some of the main questions that I get asked are, is my body going to do what it needs to for intimacy or sex to occur? Is my body going to be um, disabled by my complete paralysis or my partial paralysis? Is my, are my bowel and bladder going to cause issues with that? Or are my spasms going to cause issues with that? And how will this affect my relationship with my present partner or partners in the future? Thank you. Um, one of the things that you mentioned in your talk, which I know got discussed afterwards, um, was the fact that you were talking about self-disclosure. And you mentioned the fact that because you're in a wheelchair, that sometimes comes up in consultations. Can you say a bit more um, about how that um, affects consultations and about what your thoughts are about self-disclosure in talking uh, to patients? Working with spinally injured patients or patients with cord requiner, um, often there is that they work, they walk into a wheel into the room and feel very much like actually you're in a wheelchair. Sometimes there's an element of surprise. They're expecting an able-bodied therapist and I'm there in the chair. Often there's very much a, oh, thank goodness, I don't have to tell you all about the pain that I'm in because you're probably going to understand of that and some of that. Oh, thank goodness. Um, I'm not going to have to go into detail about my bowels and bladder or my spasms or my hypersensitivity. So sometimes I can see that relief for them and they express that quite openly. How do you um, navigate the line between how much to say and how much not to say about your own personal experience? You mentioned that you have a supervisor. What kinds of things would you find yourself discussing in supervision? I always reflect on the work I've done when I write up my clinical notes. So I will look at the disclosure that I've used, whether that was helpful or not. And if I don't feel there was a rationale for that um, particular disclosure that I used or it wasn't helpful to that patient, I will always go back to my supervisor and talk about why was it within that session that I disclosed that. But quite often I find some self-disclosure is very helpful to help 
the patient open up with where they're at or also feel really actually this is normal it's happening to other people too. I'm wondering if you've got an example of when a bit of self-disclosure has actually been helpful in moving the conversation forward maybe if there's an example that springs to mind. Talking about the very first time um, intimacy happened um, and talking about my own personal experience with that, allowing them to know that it is something that I do disclose um, regularly, but I, I know that it's been helpful to other people. Um, so talking about how I felt about my own body at that point, and really, really that is to normalise it for them, about what might be going on for them and what might be going on for their partner as well. Thank you very much, that's really helpful. Thank you.